Welcome to the Gonzo.moe News Broom Anime Podcast. It's a great day to not watch movies in 4K. I tried to order a 4K Blu-ray player, and I guess the delivery driver just decided that I didn't need it because I received an email saying, nah, you'll receive a refund soon. So I suppose my Criterion Collection 4K release of Airbud is going to have to wait until another day. If you want to talk to me, gonzo.moe on Twitter, gonzo.moe at gmail.com. Nobody does either, so I'm not holding out hope. Uh, it's been an interesting week for anime. I finally started watching Jujutsu Kaisen, despite saying multiple times that I will not. It turns out one of the people at work, one of the only anime fans at work, would not leave me alone until I started watching it. I am, I believe, six or seven episodes in. Still not sure how I feel about it. The first episode was very bad, but it did pick up the pace uh, shortly after that. It's only 24 episodes, I think, so I'm going to keep going. Still not sure how this won Anime of the Year at the Crunchyroll Awards. I know that that's all like fan voting, uh, but so far it is not doing anything special. Another anime I started watching was Tiger and Bunny, which apparently hasn't had a Blu-ray release since Neon Alley was a thing. That was, what, 2013, 2012? It, as far as I can tell, only came out in two 13-episode sets, or 13 and whatever. It's, I think, a 25-episode show. Um, but it came with Neon Alley advertisements. I can only surmise that the reason this never got a re-release is because of the myriad of real company logos in it. All I know is that it took me four days to watch the second episode. Not because it's a bad show, but because I was so tired from work that I kept falling asleep at the same moment. Another thing that I am attempting to do is to finally watch Dragon Ball Z. I... I've seen a handful of episodes over the years, probably more than I realize. I've seen most of the Cell Saga. I've seen the Android Saga. I think I saw the first uh, part of the first arc of the show because I, I bought a one of the various Blu-ray sets that Funimation put out. I got to tell you, if I was getting into Dragon Ball Z for the first time as somebody that had no idea what anime was, didn't know what Funimation was, just decided one day that I, I saw a commercial and wanted to buy it. It is goddamn confusing. Uh, it was confusing for me, and I should know better. I went to write stuff to try to figure out where to start, and all of these boxes look the same, and they're all kind of labeled in ways that would confuse a fan that hasn't done any research. Because you have Dragon Ball Super, which I, I, I know that that's a different show, but the covers look almost identical to the Dragon Ball Z covers. And that's before we even get into what the fuck is Dragon Ball Z Kai. Now we know, but if we didn't know, would we know? I don't know. Then you have the Dragon Ball Z season box sets that say uncut, and then you have the Steel Books, which the Steel Book is the newer release, but if I didn't know any better, I'd say, oh, well, I should probably get this one that says uncut, right? Because that implies that all of the other ones are cut. But in fact, the uncut ones are kind of cut because they cut the tops and the bottoms of the frame to make it widescreen again, which they got a lot of criticism for when they did that with the orange boxes. But everybody bought them. 
Uh, I apparently the steel books are in the four three, but people are still complaining because uh, that's just what people do. From what I understand, you want to get the dragon boxes, but those are impossible to find, and they're also DVDs, so they probably don't look very good on modern televisions. After much deliberation, I decided to go with the Steelbook version. Uh, I don't really care about whether it's in 4.3 or 16.9. I just chose this one because it was the newest version, and I figured it would look the best. Uh, As long as it has the broadcast version with the replaced music, that's really the only thing I'm after. I just want to watch the Dragon Ball Z that was on TV when I was growing up. The only other thing worth mentioning is that I now finally have the goddamn internet. It took three tries and a month and a half, but I did it. It's great. It's fast as fuck. I still haven't scheduled any guests on the show because my job isn't giving me a lot of days off. I will, however, be on an upcoming episode of the Anime Roundtable podcast. We're recording that in a couple hours. I forget what time I told them, either 1 or 2 p.m. I should probably look that up. So if you want to hear more of my bullshit, uh, look for that soon, I guess. Anyway, let's talk about some news. Where are the demons? Bring on the pain! Welcome to List-O-Mania. This week's news is a lot of, hey, we added this thing, hey, we're doing this thing, here's a list of the things we're doing. But at the top of uh, the list of news is something that is not really a list. It's a reverse list, if you will. Manga Entertainment is rebranding as Funimation. Uh, we kind of saw this coming. This is in the United Kingdom and Ireland. Funimation uh, bought the company in 2019. Presumably, they were just taking some time to figure out exactly how they wanted to move forward. While this is not surprising news, it is still sad news for a lot of people. Manga Entertainment, Manga UK, used to be a top player in the anime business. They They were one of the first anime companies that people would interact with as fans. And for better or worse, they played a pivotal role in how the English-speaking world perceived anime for a long time. And that was through their marketing and through their hilariously vulgar dubs, where they would add a lot of unnecessary profanity so they would get a higher rating so they could market it as edgy and for adults, definitely not for kids. And for people in my generation of fans, this was a lot of times where the first anime you watched would come from. You know, if it wasn't Pokemon, it was something like Ninja Scroll or Akira or Ghost in the Shell because you saw it at the video store and your parents thought it was a cartoon. So they rented it for you, not knowing, you know, that happened to some people with Overfiend, you know, a couple other notable examples, Mad Bull 34, Angel Cop, you know, it's, it's been a long time since they've been the manga that I grew up with, but it's still sad to see them go, even though from the U.S. side, they've been gone for a while. Uh, I think stars might own them, but honestly, the last time I remember them doing anything would have been Redline, and that was over 10 years ago at this point. Uh, Obviously, not living in the U.K., I, I can't really say how this will affect things. From my perspective... Manga UK has just been repackaging Funimation and Sentai releases for the last decade or so, so I'm not sure if this is anything outside of just a different logo 
on the box. If I have any listeners in the UK, maybe hit me up on Twitter or email and let me know your thoughts on this. Next in the news is our first of many, many lists. Tubi is adding a bunch of movies to their streaming service. This is a free streaming service that I believe is owned by Fox. I don't use it a ton, but I do have it on my Apple TV. I'm pretty sure I use Tubi to watch Kill Ugly TV, which is this very strange Japanese film about a woman with social anxiety uh, who is afraid to leave her apartment, and it is presented as if the whole film is done in a single take. It was a weird experience. I'm not sure I would recommend the film to anybody. The video quality wasn't great, and the subtitles were almost unreadable. The main reason I continued to watch it is because I'd been meaning to watch this film for, I don't know, 12 years? I first learned of the film on a Wikipedia page about Kazuo Koike, because the writer, whose name is escaping me, is one of his students from his mangaka school. And the English translation of the film at the time was called Watching Fucking TV All Day Makes You Stupid. Kill Ugly TV is a little easier to say, but it, it took me so long to watch the damn movie because it had not been made available in English until very, very recently. So anyway, so Tubi, they're adding more movies, a list of movies, Millennium Actress, Liz and the Blue Bird, Penguin Highway, When the Promised Flowers Bloom, The Wonderland, three sound euphonium movies, Welcome to the Kitauji High School Concert Band, May the Melody Reach You, and Our Promise A Brand New Day. Two Hikarasan movies, Here Comes Miss Modern Part 1 and Part 2. And then three Danten Laughing Under the Cloud movies, One Year After the Battle, The Tragedy of Fuma Ninja Tribe, and Conspiracy of the Military. Wow, I wonder what that's about. According to the article, all of these films hit the service on April 8th, which means that I forgot to talk about this on the last episode of The News Broom. Tubi is a free service. Uh, it is ad-supported. I don't know if they have a like a premium don't-show-me-ads version. I'm sure you can figure that out on your own. Next is an update to a story that we talked about on a previous episode. The Final Evangelion film is continuing to break box office records for the franchise. It is currently around 7 billion yen, or 64 million U.S. dollars. It also set the record for the highest IMAX earnings on opening day. While that is great, it still has some time before it reaches Demon Slayer status. That film is currently at almost 40 billion yen in Japan. I don't know why it keeps getting reported on every week, but here we are. That is almost $362 million in U.S. money. I don't know why this keeps getting reported on. (laughs) We've been talking about how it is doing very well since October. And it seems that every time, every week there's a news story saying that it made even more money. Uh, it is finally coming out in the United States. It opens in theaters, select theaters, April 23rd. I'm almost certain that I said on a previous podcast that I would not go see it. It turns out that I'm full of shit. It's been a long time since I've been to the movies, even before coronavirus. The last film I saw was The Joker. And so I'm interested to see how theaters have adapted. And if it feels sketchy or unsafe when I get there, I'm just going to go home. I'm not that invested in the Demon Slayer movie that I've already seen. Uh, Though I did watch a poorly translated cam rip. Uh, But I I looked at the seating chart before recording this, and there's going to be less than 20 people in the theater. And 
every seat surrounding mine has been blocked off. So, you know, I think it's, it's probably going to be okay. Speaking of Demon Slayer, Funimation has added three compilation TV specials to their service. When I first read this story, I assumed they were going to be very short recap episodes. They are, in fact, quite long. The first one is an hour and 45 minutes. The second one is almost two and a half hours long. And the third one is nearly two hours as well. So you really only save about two and a half to three hours if you watch these instead of just re-watching the show. So I'm not... I don't know who they make these for. Next in the news, Funimation will be adding a bunch of Viz titles to their service. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 1 through 48, Bleach 1 through 109, but weirdly 1 through 209 for Canadians, Excel World, Excel World, Infinite Burst, Infinity Force, K Season 1, Mazinger the Z, Infinity, Vampire Knight, Vampire Knight, Guilty, Hunter Hunter, Phantom Rogue, or maybe Rouge. Naruto Shippuden, The Will of Fire, The Lost Tower, Blood Prison, Naruto the Movie, Road to Ninja, as well as The Last Naruto the Movie. They will also be adding a bunch of NIS America anime to their catalog. Daily Lives of High School Boys, Arakawa Under the Bridge Season 1 and 2, Bunny Drop, Chronicles of the Going Home Club, Genshikin's Second Generation, Ghastly Prince Enma Burning Up, if Her Flag Breaks, Kimi ni Todoke, From Me to You Seasons 1 and 2, Natsume's Book of Friends Seasons 1 through 4, Pandora Hearts, and Zakuro, which I don't know that last one. Sentai Filmworks caught the eye of Twitter when they announced the digital rights to Earl and Fairy. This one got people talking because it was a discotheque title in 2016, and everybody looks at discotheque as this, like, the company that rescues everything. And so it's always, people don't know what to do when they let something expire. They seem to forget that if a title does not make a company money, they are not going to renew that license. But I guess for those who missed the DVD release, you now have a digital option. Next in the news, Miles Thomas, who worked with Crunchyroll for eight years in their social media department, has left the company to join Anime Limited as their chief marketing officer. It doesn't surprise me that he would be leaving Crunchyroll shortly after the Funimation-Sony merger was announced. You know, his position is probably one of the ones that would have been cut. I know that when my school uh, was purchased by another company and merged into another business. That was one of the first things that they cut was the social media team because they already had their own. Uh, this seems like it's probably a good deal for him, though. He's, he's very excited. He said he's wanted to work with this company for a long time. And to go from social media director to chief marketing officer, that sounds like it's probably a pretty nice pay bump. So I wish the best for him. We haven't always seen eye to eye. I mean, he doesn't know that I exist and I just complain about things he says on Twitter. Uh, but this is a good thing for him and I, I can't be mad about that. Something else I'm not mad about, probably, maybe, it's yet to be seen. AIC and Toei have signed a deal to co-own a bunch of classic anime, including Tenchi Muyo, Golf Force, Bubblegum Crisis, Dan Gaio, Hades Project Zero... Dan Gaio, Hades Project Zero Rhymer, and Megazone 2-3. 
this probably means that we have new versions or new releases of these titles. I know Tenchi Muyo, they've already done some. Megazone 2, 3 actually has a couple things in production already. They have a remake of the first two OVAs called Megazone Sins. They also have something perplexingly called Megazone 2, 3, 11. It's apparently a sequel. I don't know why they skipped 4 through 10, but... You know, I'll watch it. I guess I still have to watch the other two parts. I've only seen Megazone 2, 3, part 1. And uh, I just got the Blu-ray from Animago. So I can finally watch part 2 and 3. I know that it was supposed to be like a full show. So maybe <laughs> maybe Megazone 11 is going to rectify that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Next up is another list, but it's a sad list this time. There's a bunch of anime that is leaving Crunchyroll because, well, they've been out for a long time, and I guess they didn't renew the license. Meikaku City Actors, Le Cordadoro, Primo, Paso, and Secondo Paso, probably mispronounced both of those words. Miracle Train, which I'm pretty sure is about sexy guys that are actually trains. Sound of the Sky, Mitsudomoe Season 1 and 2, Wandering Sun, The Idol Master, Dog Days Season 1 and 2, and Ghost Slayers, Ayashi. Unfortunately, by the time you hear this podcast, it may already be too late. These anime will be leaving the service on April 21st. That is a Wednesday. I've been meaning to watch Wandering Sun for 10 years now, apparently. I watched the first episode back when it came out, and I really liked it a lot, and then just got busy with college. Uh, it looks like Funimation is streaming a couple of these. Mikaku, City Actors, and Sound of Sky are apparently also on the Funimation service, but the others may be lost until somebody decides to uh, pick them up if they choose to do so. I do know that the Wandering Sun manga came out over here, but I don't think it ever got a physical release. Next up is something that I'm not sure I'm pronouncing right. Ari Ferretta, from Commonplace to the World's Strongest, is getting another season in January 2022. I don't really know anything about this show. I'm only bringing it up because I saw somebody on Twitter once say that it was one of the grossest shows they've ever watched. And I tried to watch it because I wanted to know why. But the first episode was so boring that I turned it off before I made it to the end. So maybe somebody can hit me up on Twitter and tell me why I made the right choice in turning it off. Uh, another Tubi list. Tubi is adding 10 on Pond Man films with English and Spanish dubs. The films are Apple Boy and Everyone's Hope, The Adventure of Happy, Star-Spirited Dolly, Perun the Soap Bubble, The Secret of Fairy Rin Rin, Black Nose and the Magical Song, Revive Banana Island, Nanda and Runda from The Star of Toys, Shine, Kaloon and the Star of Life, and Twinkle, Princess Vanilla of Ice Cream Land. I don't know if On Pond Man's ever had an English release before, at least none that I've heard of, so that's pretty cool. And finally, our last list of the night, G-Kids is re-releasing some anime films in theaters. Children of the Sea will screen with an English dub on June 13th and Japanese with subtitles on June 15th. Weathering with You, English dub on July 25th, subtitled version July 27th. Loop on the 3rd, the 1st, English dub August 29th, subtitled version August 31st. And then Premiere, English dub September 16th and subtitled version on September 19th. Based on their website, these are the only screenings currently scheduled. Tickets will go on sale May 14th. 
And finally, to wrap up the news broom is some very sad news. Uh, Director Osamu Kobayashi has passed away at age 57, I believe from kidney cancer. Some of his work that you may be familiar with, Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, Someday's Dreamer, Paradise Kiss, and that one episode of Gurren Lagann that pissed off people on the internet and caused somebody to resign. It's, it's really sad. He was very young. 57 is too soon for anyone to go. I'm not super familiar with his work. I've only seen Beck and uh, the Gurren Lagann episode, but he had a very unique art style, which I don't think at the time I really appreciated. When I, when I watched Beck for Anime 3000, I gave it a very middling to poor review. Uh, and Someday's Dreamer, I've been meaning to watch for a long time, I I got the first episode on like a demo disc, and I remember buying the series when uh, Janion went out of business and Right Stuff was selling all the Janion singles for five dollars each, and I just I bought too much during that sale that I I didn't watch anything that I bought, so I, I guess it's finally time to to do that as well. And with that, that brings us to the end of another Gonzo.moe news broom anime podcast i hate to end on such a sad note but it is what it is Uh, if you want to subscribe to this podcast it's on google podcast it's on spotify it's on itunes if you go on google podcast make sure you click on the one that actually has the logo i don't know how to remove the other one and there doesn't seem to be any kind of support email that i can send a notification to Uh, if you want to know more about the stories that i talk about I post links to every story in the show notes at gonzo.moe. You probably see that list in your podcatcher, but you can't click on them. Those are all clickable links on the website. It's mostly Anime News Network, so if you go to that site anyway, you know where to find them. Um, You can also talk to me on Twitter. You can talk to me on Gmail. Gonzo.moe is the name. You spell out dot. Don't use a period. I don't know what happens if you do. Maybe your computer will blow up. Uh, I'm still meaning to do that anime podcast where I talk about what I'm watching. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. And at this point, it's getting to be too much anime to talk about. Whatever will we do? Um, Anyway, getting to the end of this, uh, I guess take a look out for that anime roundtable episode I'm going to be on. (laughs) Have a good night, kids. Why do I keep calling the listeners kids?